Hi, this is Michael Buffer, and welcome to the Box Hard Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Mikey Garcia. It's the monster from the swamps, Regis Ruguru Program. Hey, what's up? This is King Carlos Molina, former IBF world champ. This is Michael, the bounty hunter, 2012 Olympian and your people's champ. This is Charlie Edwards, flyweight champion of the world. This is Fast Eddie Chambers, and you're listening to the Box Hard Podcast with my main man, Joey Coastman. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 302 of the Box Hard Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Coastman. I'm joined as ever by the main man himself, Mr. Fast Eddie Chambers. Eddie, how you doing, man? I'm good, my man. How you feeling? Always good when speaking with you, Eddie. That is the truth. Getting down to it, though, we're going to dive straight into the review part of the show. Uh, We're going to start here at the Dynamo Volleyball Arena in Moscow, Russia. This one took place last Thursday. Murat Gassiev with his return to the ring. A win for him in the fourth round. A TKO against Michael Wallace, who's now 22-5. and I think Wallace usually gets banged out in about five rounds, so he did it in four there. Gassiev now 28-1. Um... To be honest with you, he didn't blow me away, um, and you know, it, it just was what it was. Quite a basic performance, really, from him. Moving out now to Germany. This one took place on Saturday at the Firat Arslan Sports Center in Germany. Firat Arslan topped the bill at cruiserweight. The 50-year-old man moved to 49 professional wins. He's got nine losses and three draws. A KO in four rounds against Ruben Acosta, who celebrated his birthday on fight week at 43 years of age. Both men together, they're 93. Um, He's now 38 and 18 with five draws, Ruben Acosta. Moving out now to the Wembley Arena. This one was the final card to mention of last week's action. Um, I'm going to start with the undercard. Quite a quite a few fights to go through. George Fox, the son of Don Charles, now four and zero. A points win for him over four against Reese Barlow, the debutant. Elsewhere on the card, return to the ring for Charles Frankham, now three and zero. A points win for him over four against Dean Jones, who's now one and twenty eight. Elsewhere on the card, Sam Noakes with another knockout win for him, seven and zero with seven KOs. A retirement win after Naeem Ali, the opponent, who's now two and seven. 71 with a draw. Doesn't get stopped too much, but he retired on his store after two. Um, Sam Noakes wants to get to 10 and 0 with 10 KOs, he said. He's done seven of those 10 wins so far, um, all knockouts. Elsewhere on the card, David Adelaide now 7 and 0, a TKO in round four against Mladen Manev, who's now 3 and 10. He was down twice prior to the stoppage. Um, Chris Bulk now 10-0, a unanimous decision wide in the end for him against James Beach Jr., who's now 12-2. It was for the WBC International Super Bantamweight title. Chris Bulk looks like a, quite a good prospect. I think he could potentially go far in the sport. Another man I think can go far in the sport as well, Hamza Shiraz, now 13-0. I expected a knockout, and he got it in round five against Ezekiel Guria, who's now 15-2. Guria down twice prior to the stoppage. It was for the WBO European Super Worldweight title. Hamza Shiraz, they're talking about matching him quite hard in his next fight, perhaps against the winner of Troy Williamson and the guy he's fighting who 
whose name has evaded me for a second. Um, Chris Jenkins against Echo Essiman. Bit of a strange one. I felt that Jenkins was probably in the driver's seat at the point of the stoppage. An eighth round TKO for Echo Essiman, who's still undefeated, 15-0. and 0. Turns out Jenkins had a broken rib from the second round onwards. Uh, it was for the Commonwealth and British welterweight titles, Echo Essiman. I wouldn't mind seeing a rematch there, to be honest with you. It was a good fight. Uh, Chris Jenkins, you know, it's... It's just more bad luck for him, really, because he gets cut pretty much every single fight. And if he's not getting cut, here he's having his ribs broken. So more bad luck for him. He's 22-4 and four with three draws. Um, yeah, it's, it's a tough, tough, you know, tough position he's in now. Um, Joe Joyce now 13-0, and 0, a TKO in round six against Carlos Takam. He'd never been stopped in the first half of a fight. He almost made it to the second half, but he couldn't get out of that sixth round. Um, referee Steve Gray with a stoppage. It was for the WBC Silver Commonwealth and WBO International heavyweight titles. Um, interesting start to the fight, really, from Takam. I didn't expect him to really get a foothold. And he did. He certainly did more than that. Um, the fact both fighters seemed to want to take one, to land one, and the fact that Takam had the superior hand speed seemed to work in his favor early on. Joe seemed a bit surprised, and he was he was struggling, really, to find a rhythm early on. Um, but yeah, it was how I thought it would go, though. He did end up you know, wearing Takam down slowly, Big Joe Joyce, and Takam's gas tank's always been a bit of a downfall for him. Um, it was it was the start of that sixth round where Joe Joyce landed a long left hook, and straight away he was in trouble. And Joe swarmed him, and he you know he took so many shots. Carlos Takam, nothing was coming back. He complained about the stoppage, but honestly, his brain was was inside his skull, being knocked left, right, up and down diagonally. And I think he was going to get brutally knocked out in in just a few seconds' time. So I was happy with that stoppage there. Takam, we know what it is. You know we we know who he is. Same as ever. Very tough. Very game. Always comes to fight, and will give a lot of fighters a hard night's work. Um, you know, a tough night's work. And Joe Joyce, I think, kind of struggled with Takan being as small as what he was, you know. Um, and, and like I say, that hand speed as well. I think Joe Joyce would struggle with someone like perhaps a Michael Hunter that we'll be speaking to in a few moments. Eddie, did you happen to see any of that or not? I'm guessing you probably didn't. No, I didn't even see it, but I heard about it. We were talking about that uh, last week, obviously, on the preview. And um, I was interested in seeing it, but I didn't get a chance. I want to take a look at it, though, and see exactly how the early part of the fight went to to really give my grade for Joe Joyce because, you know, I've always been kind of, you know, somewhat critical of him because of, you know, his he's not aesthetically pleasing, but he wins. So as critical as you can want, you can be as critical as you want, and as long as the guy keeps winning, especially by knockout, you got to give him some kind of credit. So, um, But I do need to see it. I do want to kind of see what, you know, what happened early on to really make my decision based on, um, you know, as far as what Joe Joyce gets as far as a grade. And all. Okay, well, there you go. That brings the review part of the show to an end. The final thing for me to do is to welcome our sole guest on this week's podcast, which I'll do in just a few seconds. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome one of the best heavyweight contenders in the world. It is, of course, Mr. Michael Hunter. Mike, welcome back on the show. 
I'm good. What's going on, man? It's glad to be back on this joint, man. Let's do it. Let's do it. Always good when speaking with you, Mike. So we last spoke on the podcast back in October of 2020. Uh, since then, you have boxed once. You boxed in December on a Zordo Promotions card. Just briefly tell me how that came around, because that was kind of random as well. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, me being that free agent, you got to kind of look for fights and kind of, um, you know, uh, catch your own catch your own um, dinner. And uh, so that's what we were doing. Uh, we ended up finding Zordo was throwing um, his own show. And, uh, you know, obviously they, they thought that I would be a good addition to uh, join it, which it was, it was a good show. Um, you know, I was just kind of coming back. The whole COVID thing was happening. I hadn't fought in quite some time. So uh, that was just to, you know, get back on my feet and see how I was. And I did okay with it and continued to train. And now I'm looking for that number one spot. There we go. Yeah, you were coming off a year out the ring. Um, your next fight takes place this coming Tuesday, live on Triller, um, against Mike Wilson. Tell me what you know about this guy, Mike. I know you've been on the uh, the same undercard as him before in Monaco. Yeah, um, yeah, I was on the undercard with him. Uh, I fought him as an amateur. He was one of the best amateurs when I was growing up. Uh, coming up, he was, uh, you know, not one of. He was the best at the time, and. Um, you know we've had our uh, we had a little battle in the amateurs, but um, you know this is has been quite some time, uh, and um, you know we've both aged well and um, have a lot more experience, a lot more uh, class, and uh, you know I think there's going to be a great showdown. But uh, I think this is a great opportunity for me to show the difference between um, you know me being a world class fighter and, and, and any other fighter. And tell me about that amateur fight, Mike. Um, who won? Oh, man, I, I beat him on points. I, I really, uh, it was a very close uh, fight. I actually thought it wasn't that close, but on points it was a lot closer. Uh, but I was overthrowing uh, overthrowing the, uh, the the previous champ. You know, he had been basically the reigning uh, USA uh, national champion. And um, this was for the Olympic trials for me to even get into the Olympics. So, he was like the the the, the number one guy uh, getting it going into the Olympics, and I just uh, you know I kind of outbeat everybody at that time. And so. obviously he's twenty one and one as a pro. The one loss came to Dennis Lebedev, a world class fighter in his own right. Obviously this fight's a heavyweight. You're both kind of I guess small guys for heavyweight. Really, um, he's never been stopped, Mike. Will that change come Tuesday? Uh, I think um, I think. We- you know, we're going to definitely uh, push for it. Um, you know, uh, we, we want to definitely get the stoppage. It's always, uh, it's always a good uh, accolade to do something that hasn't been done. And, um, you know, he hasn't been stopped. He's, he's well-rounded. He knows how to defend himself. And, uh, you know, that's the first part about boxing. And uh, I know it's not going to be an easy task, but I think I, I'll get the job done. I, I, feel, I feel good about the fight. Uh, I feel good about my preparation, uh, even though they, you know, they kind of pushed you back. But um, yeah, I feel ready. I think I will get the stoppage. And obviously, you've signed. Is it a three or four fight deal with Triller, Mike? Three or four? I I, I recently just signed a, signed a, a four fight deal with Triller. Okay. 
let me just i'll finish yeah. that question so a four fight deal um you know it seems like most fighters right now aren't signing long-term deals with Trilla. i know people like regis progre i think just had one and a few other guys have just had one Triller at this moment still i guess are kind of carrying that reputation of promoting mike tyson and roy jones uh you know the likes of jake paul some people not sure if they're serious about boxing but this deal shows to me that they are taking boxing quite seriously for signing you, you know, they're not really throwing contracts at fighters with bigger profiles than yourself. I mean that respectfully. Does this kind of exercise the point that they are serious about getting in this in, in this boxing business? Yeah, absolutely. If you look at uh, some of their moves, you know, um, they just uh, they just bought Fight TV, you know, which has been uh, doing their due diligence uh, of, of making their self uh, known uh, and, um, you know, uh, they were doing pretty good by themselves, and Triller, uh, you know, um, purchased that. And um, they purchased, uh, I mean, they also doing a deal with uh, um, Madison Square. Um, so they're going to be having shows very consistently on, in, in Madison Square. And uh, so you can tell that they're moving a lot of pieces around and they're, um, you know, building their, uh, their stable up and, and making it stability. Um, you know, building, putting the groundwork on. So uh, I think that, you know, that's definitely a, a sign that they're going to definitely be in boxing. And um, I, I wanted to be the one of the first people to uh, ride that wave. Um, you know, as we know from the Eddie Hearn and when, when companies first come out, um, you know, you have to pay to play. So I think that that's what they're doing right now. You know, they, they did the whole Tio Fimo thing. They're putting their name out there, and uh, you know, they're. Good. I think it's a good platform for me as well because I get new eyes, and I'm going to be very consistent, which has been a battle for me in my career uh, since I started. So, for me to have some consistency and be ranked already uh, and show my face, it, it just screams a uh, title contention. So. And talking of the title contention, talking of the consistency, we have to go into it. Uh, you you were about to fight a final eliminator against Philip Hergovich. Most people thought you could beat this guy. You chose not to take the fight in order to sign with Triller. By doing this, you're now fighting, obviously, Mike Wilson. And, of course, it's not a final eliminator. Please explain to the fans the logic behind that unexpected decision. Well, yeah. Well, it was it was very easy. the The bag was bigger, you know. It was a very easy call. Uh, we don't really know what's gonna happen with these uh, heavyweight things, you know. Uh, with Eddie Hearn, um, you know, he's not he doesn't play the nicest. Um, so, you know, and, and this is a boxing business, you know. So, um, you know, usually I'm the I'm the guy that you know fights, you know, whoever I need to at that time. But uh, for the first time, I was able to have some options. And have some, um, you know, some opportunity to, uh, you know, pick and choose. And uh, it was very easy uh, when Triller gave me the deal that I, that I couldn't refuse. So uh, it was very easy for me uh, to to do such a thing. Uh, I know I could see Hergovich. You know, as you could tell, nobody really wants. Not that nobody wants to fight Hergovich. Nobody wants to be. Uh, nobody knows what's going on with the belt and all that. So I just think that it's a really uh, a business. Uh, thing with Anthony and Tyson and Deontay Wilder, uh, you know, everybody being put up on hold and, um, you know, things are changing so drastically at that, at that weight class. So, um, you know, 
it was uh it was easy it was an easy pick and uh i can't wait to uh you know get my my name out there and fight on triller and, and show the world that you know i ain't it, it ain't got nothing to do with running it's all business and what i think was um interesting is the timeline of how everything happened because when you decided to not take the Hergovic fight, I think a lot of people were like, oh man, like what is going on? Then you signed to fight Mike Wilson, people are like, damn. Then you, then then the AJ Fury fight falls through and we're like, oh okay, maybe it was the right thing to do because you're not going to get a shot there for a while. Then your fight fell through and obviously got postponed for a while and it's just been madness after madness. Now, um, obviously, Joshua's fighting Usyk and, and, and Fury's fighting Wilder for the third time. It seems like no one's going to get a shot. There's going to be rematch clauses thrown around. If one of them loses, it's going to delay it by another six months. It could be two years. And I think by that point your four-fight deal will, will will have ended. So it'll be interesting to see where you end up after that. Hey, no one knows. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no one knows. I, I, think, I totally yeah. agree, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, is there any opponent's names, Mike, that's been thrown around? Because obviously you've, you've you, you know, committed on a four-fight deal. Will they all be Mike Wilson-type fighters? Or is there any names you can tell us? Um, actually, I'm not sure, uh, just quite yet. You know, we, I, I really tend to don't look uh, past, um, you know, my, my, my next fight. So I just wanted to get this Mike Wilson fight out the way and, um, you know, go from there. I'm not sure, you know, Triller has a lot of different, different things that they're doing as far as, you know, entertainment and stuff like that and when and where they're going to throw the shows. And, um, you know, they're fairly a uh, new company that's, uh, you know, still getting their, feet on the ground uh so uh it's very hard to say but i know i'm going to be on some exciting shows and exciting cards hopefully you know uh you know madison square will be one of the home home arenas you know <laughs> so you know that wouldn't that would be nice um exactly we're not really sure yet but i'm going to continue to you know showcase my skills and shine September 25th, Mike, Anthony Joshua versus Alexander Usyk. Two questions in one. How does the fight go, and will you be there? Uh, Where is it at? Where's the fight at? It's in London. Yeah, I figured. Um, uh, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I like it. I, I should. Maybe I will go over there. When, when's the date? September 25th. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, I think I I think I will show up there. Uh I think that the fight I mean, if the fight happens, I still think that, you know, there's been a lot of things going on around here, so we're not exactly sure if the fight is gonna happen. I mean, that's just my opinion. Uh but um I think that if uh if the fight does happen, I, I see Usyk winning by decision, you know, just edging it out. Um, you know, with his defensive, uh, you know, his defense and his mobility, I don't see him really getting, um, you know, pumbles on or, you know, hit with any uh, tricky shots. We know that Anthony Joshua has a tricky uppercut, but I think that's really not the best punch to uh, hit Usyk with, um, you know, being, you know, the size and stuff. Uh, so I, I kind of think I could see, I could see Usyk winning by a, a poor decision unless, you know, Anthony Joshua hits him with a good shot. You know, Anthony's a big guy and he has the power to knock out, you know, anybody. So uh, that's always a factor there. That's why heavyweight boxing is, 
is, um, you know, where they're at because uh, one punch can change the fight. So, uh, you know, I'm not exactly sure, but I, I feel like Usyk is going to win by decision. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm kind of leaning that way as well, Mike. We we seem to agree on the, uh, the a lot of these a lot of these predictions. Um, yeah, you've you've got me into an, analyzing mode now. I'm just thinking when you talk about <laughs> Joshua's uppercut, I don't think Usyk's gonna stand in front of him and get that close. I think he's gonna try and box on the outside and uh, have Joshua right. following and I think him. That, you know? Yes, I think that Usyk. I mean, he has to be. Uh, I think Anthony Joshua has to be very tricky. Uh, in this fight, and 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 I think one of his only trick shots is the great uppercut. I think that um, Usyk, being very defensive minded and 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 not so offensive minded, uh, doesn't leave too many holes for Anthony. Um, Anthony kind of needs a a guy to uh, engage in him, uh, with him. You know, he's a he he's a a lion. He likes to fight. You know what I'm saying? So. Uh, I think that, and, and he, and that's where he finds his opportunities at, with people who throw punches. So I think that um, Usyk, uh, being so defensive minded, is going to be a, a. I can see it being a very boring fight as well. Like okay. we're all kind of waiting for something to happen, and then the fight ends. <laughs> Okay, we shall see. We shall see September 25th in London. Um, just before we wrap it up, Mike, any closing words to the listeners? You've been on this show, I don't know, loads of times over the years now. The listeners know you very well. They like you a lot. What's your message to those guys? Man, keep following me. Uh, tune in August 3rd, Madison Square Garden on Triller. There we go, short and sweet. Listen, Mike, it's always a pleasure speaking with you. Best of luck for Tuesday, and we shall speak again sometime after the fight. Oh, yeah, and announce that that, that, that trailer fight is free to watch. So, you know, all eyes on me, baby. Okay, now it's time for part two on this week's show. This part, of course, the news part of the show. Just one piece of news to bring you if anything else unfolds from now to the end of the show i'll speak about it on the outro a fight night has been announced for saturday september 11th we're gonna see sonny edwards defending his world title his ibf flyweight world title for the first time it's his first defense against i believe it's his mandatory um jason mama who is from the Philippines, the 24-year-old, boasts a record of 16-0. and 0. Uh, So that one there will be, like I say, Sonny Edwards' first defense. Uh, no undercard just yet. That'll be interesting. It's going to be at the Copper Box Arena, September 11th. I might even try to get over there for that one if I can. Uh, that's it, though, for the news. Moving on to the preview part of the show. We're going to start here um, with this card that like I say, takes place on Friday. So tomorrow, July 30th, the son of the legend, um, Evander Holyfield's son, Evan Holyfield. I think he's one of Holyfield's 12 children. He's 6-0. and He's in a six-rounder against Augustin Cicero, who's 16-18 and with three draws. Um, nothing else on the undercard. Moving out now to Ukraine, a fighter that I still think, really and truly, could be involved in a couple of fights. I wouldn't mind seeing him in with prospects, like a like a Daniel Dubois or something like that, or maybe like um, I don't know, like a, a Tony Yoka or maybe even a Joe Joyce. Even though it might be a bit of a step back, like this guy is 
pretty decent. He's up there in age, but he's still never been stopped. And that guy is, I know no one's probably even agreeing with this, but Andre Rodenko, 33-5. and five. He's headlining this card out here in the Ukraine, over eight rounds against Andrea Pes, who is 7-12 with three draws. He's, he's going to get a nice, easy win there, Rodenko, but... He's never been stopped in his in his losses. I wouldn't mind seeing him in with Dubois, who I think would just bang him out quite quick, and it would be a big statement, you know? So I want to see him in with someone like that, but I'm not sure what they're doing with him or what he's doing with himself. I think he's about 37 now. Maybe he's got one foot out the door. Uh, moving out now to the Matchroom Fight Camp. It's week one of the 2021 edition of Fight Camp in Eddie Hearn's back garden. On the undercard... It was supposed to be Sandy Ryan making her debut, but that has fallen through, so she now won't be fighting, unfortunately. But elsewhere on the card, we have Campbell Hatton, the son of Ricky. He is 3-0, or he's going to be 3-0. He's currently 2-0. Um, he's taking on a guy called... Actually, I think there's a there's an opponent change on that one, because what it says in front of me here is Jacob Laskowski, who is 4-4 four four with a draw. But I think that he has had an opponent change, actually. And I think it's a last-minute one. So let me just quickly check. Yeah, he's no, he is fighting Jacob uh, Laskowski. Yeah, four and four with a draw. He's coming off four losses in a row. Um, you know, he was at one point four and zero oh with a draw, but he's coming off those four losses. He's been stopped in two of them, and they were his last two. However, Campbell Hatton still yet to get a knockout or even a knockdown, I believe, in his career. I'm not sure, you know. Um, the guys that he's lost to, by the way, are not that bad, this Laskowski guy. So I think that he's going to come to give it a right go. I think that's going to be... That's not a whitewash, I don't think. I don't think that's a whitewash. We shall see. I've been wrong many times. Anthony Fowler, 14-1 and on the undercard, fighting here, defending his WBA International Super Welterweight title. It was supposed to be against the very teak-tough Mexican Roberto Garcia. Um, that one, I think, would have probably gone the distance. However, he's now fighting late replacement Rico Muller, who is 28-3 with a draw. Um, this this works in, in Anthony Fowler's favour massively. I mean, Muller, in his three losses, he lost uh, most recently in, in, in September 2019 to Jeremiah Ponce. That's the guy that just come over and beat Lewis Ritson by knockout. But other than that, he got stopped in nine by Jeff Horn. That was down at 147. His most recent kind of, um, you know, decent level fight was at 140 against Ponce. And he lost, by the way, a majority deci decision after 12 rounds. That tells me that he must not be too bad. But really and truly, this guy's a 140 fighter, maybe a 147 um, he's not really a super welterweight by any stretch of the imagination. Um, so, yeah, I expect Anthony Fowler to probably get his man out there, to be honest with you. I think it's a much, much easier matchup and the fact that he hasn't had much notice. I think Fowler gets him out early. But listen, maybe Fowler deserves that, you know, because Fowler's um, girlfriend just gave birth this week and he's still fighting. So credit to him. He deserves it. He's going to be probably going into this fight with not much sleep. But then again, he's probably in the bubble already.
getting his uh, long sleep and he's probably left the missus at home. So fair play to Anthony Fowler, a guy that I have a lot of time for, a friend of the show. Um, a brilliant fight on the undercard as well. Tommy McCarthy, 18-2, and two, in there against Chris Billum-Smith, 12-1. and one. For me, it's a genuine 50-50 fight. It's over 12 rounds. That could be interesting. It's for the EBU cruiserweight title, the Commonwealth cruiserweight title, and the vacant British cruiserweight title. Um, winner takes all. Uh, Chris Bill and Smith, quite a heavy favourite with the bookies, which I'm really surprised about. I think that Tommy McCarthy, in recent performances, has really matured. I mean, both guys share a loss to the same man in Richard Reactpour. Reactpour got McCarthy out of there in four rounds, and Reactpour very narrowly beat Chris Billum Smith. Um, on a split decision over 10. So both guys have lost to that guy there. But this is really potentially fight of the night, I think. Um, yeah, Chris Billum-Smith, I don't know. I don't know. They think it's going to it's gonna be Chris Billum-Smith by knockout by the looks of the numbers. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it goes a distance, and I wouldn't be surprised if McCarthy did enough. I think I'm slightly edging Billum Smith, maybe, but it's a great, great fight, man. It really is. Elsewhere on the card, Can Zhu defends his WBA World Featherweight title. He's 18 and 2. He gets in against our very own Lee Wood, 24 and 2. There shouldn't be a man in the UK that that um, wants Lee Wood to lose this fight. Everyone should be behind him. Um, he's coming off that one win last time out against Reese Mould, um, which was back in. February, and was that in, I can't, I'm sure that was in the garden, I'm sure that was in Eddie Holmes, no, it wasn't in Eddie Holmes' garden, that one, of course it wasn't, it was Wembley Arena, um, yeah, so he's coming off that win, the fight before that, of course, he lost to Jazza Dickens, it was close, but he did lose, uh, but Kanzu, I mean, a heavy favourite for, for good reason, you know, he's looked pretty good since becoming world champion, we were supposed to get him over here boxing, Josh Warrington, that one never happened. Warrington lost the title. He's having a rematch. Kanzu, I guess, is I guess is coming over here, you know, trying to uh, show his face to the to the UK fight fans, and hopefully, Warrington wins the rematch against that crazy uh, Mexican banger, and he comes back, and then they can build that fight, or the fight would already be be built by then as a big unification so we shall see but can zoo for me gets the job done over lee wood i'm not sure he stops him but i think i think it goes late i think probably points for can zoo but he could get him out of there late as well but i think can has got that one but let's all get behind lee wood he certainly has the tools to do it lee wood at times has looked unbelievable um it you know it brings me back to like the ryan doyle fight oh my gosh and also david oliver joyce you know he's been tremendous in both of those and the not the final one but we're going to move out to america now this one's going to be on fox it's happening at the prudential center in newark new jersey this one eddie um let's talk about the undercard we've got a, a prospect i'm quite high on that i don't really see enough on tv joey spencer 12 and 0 in an eight rounder against dan carpensi nine and three with a draw we've got andre Durrell returning to the ring i think he's been out of it for a long time 27 and 3 against christopher brooker who's 16 and 7 we've got michael polite coffee coming off that win against damani rock he gets in with jonathan rice who's 13 and 6 with a draw and this guy here eddie that i don't know too well but i think you i, I want to say that i think you know the guy um, return to the ring for Carl Dargan. 
Oh, wow. 19. Yeah, 19 and 1 in an eight rounder against Ivan Delgado, who's 13 and 3 with two draws. It's, like I say, over eight rounds. Um, I don't know Carl Dargan, Eddie, but um, tell me his backstory real briefly. Well, great amateur, big time amateur. One of the more talented dudes in Philly at one point. You know what I mean? He had it was so high on him, man. He was, he was like, he was having having rough battles with uh, Terrence Crawford and dudes of that at that time. Uh, uh, what's his name? Um, God damn, I can't even get his name in my head right now. But he was uh, he was one of the guys. It's just you know things happen, man. It's, you know I don't I don't even want to say the streets for him. I just think that he kind of got out of it wasn't really focused and and all of a sudden now and this is years this is years later like it's kind of a shock. how old is how old is this how old is he now i really can't i can't really remember i think he's I think he's steve's age he might well be 36 right um, now um i'll have to check it i'll have to check it um he is 36 yeah you're right yeah so it's like I'm like, I'm surprised to hear it. I mean, I'm happy to hear it because he's a talented dude. He's really talented. He really is. He's he's one of those guys. He's he has special talent. But you know, they call him dynamite up here too. Like we we barely even talk about actually call we don't we don't even call him by that by his actual name, but we call him dynamite. But uh, yeah, he's he's extremely talented, fast, great boxing IQ. You know, he was he was one of the descendants of uh, Concrete Jungle, which is uh, Nazim Richardson's crew you know what i mean and we went to where tiger and rock allen and you know bear richardson a lot of the youngster even steve cunningham was training with him for a while even even um even shane mosley at one point started working with um and of course uh bernard hopkins so there's a great lineage there uh he's like i said he's extremely talented extremely good fighter but you know has the time passed him you know yeah he's only 36 and he hasn't really been in there in a while so he's kind of preserved it should be preserved but it's uh it's 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 a good thing I'm seeing he's I'm seeing him out there. Uh hopefully he wins. Well I, I figure he's pretty I'm pretty sure he's gonna win this fight. I mean obviously there's something they've seen and he's obviously he's gotta be feeling good to be back into it like that. So I'm expecting him to win this one. But we'll see how far he wants to go with it. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's just you know, just wanna have another fight, you know, have another go just to feel how you you know, see how you feel and, and that's it. But I think uh you know, he's already the future is now for him. He's gonna have to take advantage of what he what he has and and if he has much and, and and go at it right now. We shall see. I mean, he's still nineteen and one as a pro. His one loss came um, six and a half years ago on points to Tony Lewis. Since then, he's only had two fights. So, like I say, two fights in six and a half years. He, he returns on Saturday night in New Jersey. Um, and the final card to preview takes place next Tuesday, August the 3rd. By the time next week's show is out, the the fight would have already took place, so we'll be reviewing it next week. But here we are previewing it. Um, we spoke to the main man himself, um, the, the, the sole guest, Michael Hunter, 19-1 and with a draw. It's for the vacant WBA Continental America's heavyweight title against Mike Wilson, 21-1. and His one loss came to Dennis Lebedev. Uh, Mike Wilson as well, um, you know, a good amateur and a man that has been in with Michael Hunter in the amateurs. So, uh, yeah, a little bit of history there. Not the fight that um, everyone wanted to see Mike there's two mics we're talking about here, Mike Wilson and Mike Hunter, but not the not the fight that I think most people wanted Mike Michael Hunter to have. 
I think he knows that himself, but, um, you know, he explained himself in that interview. So all the best to him. Still, um, you know, a, a very good friend of mine. On the undercard as well, friend of the show, Chris Algieri, former world champion, 24-3. and He gets in against Mikel Lespierre, who's 22-2 and with a draw. That's over 10 rounds. I remember Lespierre from his fight with Maurice Hooker. It was one of the most boring fights I've ever seen in my entire life. So that's where I remember his name from. Um, hopefully it's not as boring as that one. Chris Algeri, all the best to him, like I say, a nice guy. And remember, you can see that one on Triller. Um, it's on Triller, and I believe you can watch it on Fight TV for free. That's what Michael said, for free. So I'm interested in that, and I will be watching that one. But anyway, that's it for the preview part of the show. That's it for the entire show. The final thing for me to do is to come in with the outro, which I'll do in just a few seconds. Okay, and this wraps up episode 302 of the Box Hard Podcast. I've been your host, Joey Coastman. Eddie Chambers has been with me for the duration of the show. A massive thank you to our sole guest on this week's podcast, one of the best heavyweights in the world, Mr. Michael Hunter. The biggest thanks, though, goes out to you, the listeners. Uh, The only piece of news to bring you is that Conor Ben has tested positive for COVID-19, so his fight scheduled for Saturday against Adrian Granados is now off, which means that Lee Wood vs. Kanzu will be the new headliner. They are looking to reschedule the Ben-Granados fight, so hopefully we see it. Um, you know, postponed, but not for too long. Hopefully we do see a rescheduled date in the coming weeks. Uh, But that's about everything from myself. Remember to tell a friend to tell a friend about the podcast. Enjoy your weekends, people. Stay safe, and we shall see you all again next week.